let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. Wanted to talk with you about this one first. So you were very passionate on this show about uh, not having a Michael Maguire coach both New South Wales and the Kiwis. And a big part of that and a big part of the old boys in that Kiwi setup wanted an ex-Kiwi, which, you know, makes sense. So how do you feel about this? Wayne Bennett has applied to become the New Zealand Kiwis head coach. He'll finish at the Dolphins at the end of this year, obviously. We all know about that. Uh, New New Zealand Rugby League Chief Executive Greg Peters confirmed Bennett will get a formal interview. Love it. Um, I've never had a problem. So first of all, my problem with Maguire, once he had accepted or it was rumoured that he was going to be the New South Wales coach, Mm. I just didn't want him doing both jobs. I would have loved for Michael Maguire to stay on as head coach. Don't have a problem at all with an Aussie uh, being the coach of our national team. It's changed the last 15 years years of professional sports, it's, it happens across the board, specifically even in uh, more so in football of the soccer variety when we when we look at managers. So don't have a problem at all with an Australian coaching us. And, and Wayne, I think, is a great applicant or uh, potential coach for us. Um, yeah, at the end of the season, he'll be finishing up with the Dolphins and passing it down to Christian Wolf. Yeah. Uh, there was always a progression plan there for the Dolphins to start – uh, their existence into the NRL. And Wayne's been a part of the camp before. Think back to 08. He was assistant coach with Steve Kearney that got the job done in the World Cup with uh, Benji Marshall and the like. Uh, you remember the Billy Slater pass on the inside. I think it was Benji that swooped in on it and um, uh, had an Shocker. historic uh, win Don't for us in the, in, in, in the 2000 World Cup. So um, Wayne's been a part of camp before. He's so well-respected within the game, specifically from players, past players. Uh, and and I, he's really good at assembling a team as well. So I dare say for those Kiwis that are worried about not having representation of a Kiwi as the head coach, he'll, re- he'll reach out to some, some big names in New Zealand Rugby League and he'll get them involved for sure. Let me throw you a scenario here. And I think it was Tony Kemp came on this program and was very passionate about having a New Zealand coach as the head coach. I think a lot of those old boys were pushing for Stacey Jones. Yep. Now, part of that discussion and argument was that a head coach needs to not only be in charge of the national team, but help with pathways, identifying talent, grassroots, be across the whole game in New Zealand. What do you think the chances are if Wayne Bennett gets this job that he moves to, say, Auckland and lives there and develops the game there and is across the pathways? Or is this a fly-in, fly-out job and he's a gun for hire to coach your national team but isn't across the entire sport? Yeah, I agree. It's super important that whoever's involved with Wayne, Wayne is one of the, from speaking to past players and and ex-teammates of mine that have been coached by Wayne, He's the best man manager in the history of mm-hmm. coaching in the NRL. And what I mean by that is at the end of the day, he gets the first and the last say when it comes to games, when it comes to training sessions, but he always surrounds himself with a really good team. And a part of that, surrounding himself with a, a good team, is going to be making sure that he's got someone on the ground in New Zealand, give, basically communicating with him all the time. And his job is to coach the Kiwis and, and make sure, you know, training camps are, are done smoothly. I've heard so many, you know, ex-players or current players talk about how just a couple of couple of words or a little chat in the shed have meant so much to them before they go out and play the game. Um, 
And I understand, like, especially some of the, the former players. Like, I never played for the Kiwis. So for some, they're so um, passionate about, you know, what it means to, to be a Kiwi, Kiwi player and or what it means to represent that jersey. And for sure, I would have been like that if I ever got the chance. My dad did. played, you know, 15, 16 tests, and he's passed it down to me. But I just think Wayne Bennett can surround himself with a really good team. And... A name that stands out straight away, I'm not, I'm not too sure, you know, if he would be interested in, but they may maybe swap positions. Like Steve Kearney, uh, he had a lot of pressure on him during his time as Kiwis coach because he was also attempting to coach, be a head coach in the NRL for uh, the Warriors at one point. He also yep. was out Mike head coach at Parramatta uh, for a while. Yep. And everyone, you know, all, all again, a lot of the boys that I spoke to uh, about, you know, Mooks over the years, Steve Kearney was that he was – outstanding assistant coach, really good in technical side of the games. But there's different pressures that come with being a head coach. And no one's, no one's done that better in the past 30, 40 years than, than Wayne Bennett and Craig, probably Craig Bellamy, right? So maybe he gets a guy like Stephen Kearney back involved. I'm not too yeah. sure what Books is doing at the moment, actually. If he's, you know, can you have a look and see somewhere. if he's coaching? Well, is is he, he rugby union? I, I has he gone over union? I swear he was doing maybe some defensive or attacking coach. Yeah, I'll okay. find out for you. Yeah. New Zealand listeners, 8833-8833. Text us in. What do you think of Wayne Bennett as head coach of the New Zealand setup? Now, I'm, I'm going to give you an example here uh, going the other way. So Joe Schmidt has been named the head coach of the Australian Wallabies. Yep. Um, he's a, a Kiwi coach. Yep. I've had a couple say, in the last 10 I years. I dare say if Joe Schmidt didn't relocate to Australia and live in the heartland of rugby in Australia and be on the, you know, boots on the ground day to day in Rugby Australia, there would be hell to pay. It's true. It would be the biggest uproar ever. We've got a Kiwi coach coaching our Australian side from Auckland. Like he's not boots on the ground here in Australia. He's not across the grassroots. He's not across the pathways. He's not across the setup. There would be uproar. So I tend to think that the same should apply for the head coach of the New Zealand rugby league team. If you want to be the best team in the world, if you want to be fair dinkum about it, it's not about getting a gun for hire to come in. Who's a good man manager. It's about setting up the game to be successful and having longevity as a as a, a Kiwi side, I think a lot of people would agree with you too in New Zealand. But just I'm going, I'm just talking off my experience with people that have been like Wayne Bennett is probably the outlier to that argument for sure. Because Michael Maguire wouldn't have lived there, would he? No, he would have no. gone in and out. Yeah, yeah he. But I understanding uh, Madge's commitment to the job. I know he was very thorough with communication a lot, and he had a lot of good people around him, ex-players yep. that are a part of a board and a selection committee that he used to communicate with a lot. And, that, and that's going to be a big process of it. But uh, grass, I think the biggest um, part of the staff to select would be grassroots footy and making sure, because you're constantly batting with the juggernaut of the All Blacks and Rugby Union yeah. at the lower level. So, but For example, for Wayne Bennett, right, everything will be, you know, Zoom – or meetings here, meetings there, phone calls here, phone calls there. For, for Joe Smith, who's coming from New Zealand, he'll be expected to be in person for all of that stuff. So I think if New Zealand Rugby League wants to be fair dinkum and, you know, they were very upset about the Michael Maguire sort of scenario, put your foot down and say, no, this is a proper head coaching role 
we're going to be a juggernaut of international rugby league. And if you want to coach, it's a privilege to coach the New Zealand rugby league side. You need to be here on the ground in the community. But how much of that though is down to the Warriors? Like why, whose responsibility is it? Because the New Zealand Warriors also need to be bringing players through their system. They've got an under twenties team. They're now, they're now sending out teams uh, in juniors jersey flag. And I think Harold Matts to play in New South Wales cup. Like whose responsibility is it? Because there's two, there's two sort of organizations here who need to look after pathways, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Uh, during COVID in particular, it really hampered the progression of the lower grades because everyone can remember the Warriors spent nearly 18 months in Redcliffe mm. while COVID was on. Therefore, they weren't able to pay attention to all these younger players that were coming through the grades over there. And there weren't much, there wasn't much junior footy actually even happening during that period back home. So they've slowly been trying to rebuild it. Um, I think the slight dif- difference with rugby union compared to rugby league as well is, yeah, it's a super important job and, and Wayne will take it seriously. But as it stands, we've got three tests at the end of the year compared yeah. to the Wallabies who are pretty much all year round. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah, there's a super rugby competition, but there are tours happening all the time. Um, the attention to detail, well, not attention to detail, the prestige of a World Cup in rugby is, despite how we like to view it in rugby league, is nowhere near what it is for rugby oh, union. 100%. So uh, there's so much more pressure on Joe, uh, Joe Schmidt to come over and coach the Wallabies in the position they're in. And you've got to remember also, Wayne Bennett's come, he's going to come over and coach the Kiwis who just got the job yeah. done and dusted Australia. So yeah. he's got a good team. Yeah, There's, there's not a, you know I, know, I know we want to concentrate on grassroots footy in New Zealand. And it is important to just, you know, making sure we're putting enough money into that. But, Geez, we've got some good Kiwis coming through. Oh yeah, we've got a really good team at the moment. We've got a really good top squad, and heaps of depth. It's a it's a coin flip against Australia, and even some of the other nations that are growing as well in the Tongans, Samoans. Yep. The, the international games in the Pacific Islanders is really strong at the moment, and it's only going to get stronger. I agree. Uh, all right, in other rugby league news, Cameron Smith steps down from Maroons assistant coach role. Matt Ballin uh, has been announced as his replacement. Have you heard many whispers around what happened here, Scope? Is this just too many commitments during a year for Cam Smith? I'd say that. I, yeah. I haven't heard any rumours. Uh... It seemed like quite the balancing act. You know, at times he was down in the sheds, then back up in the Channel 9 commentary box mid-series. There was complaints about him having biased commentary. Maybe for him it's easier just to say, I've done that origin thing. I've done it as a player. How much prestige is there as an assistant coach? Go on, Hunty. You know, when he's... When yeah. Ben Hunter got that <laughs> yeah, charge down yeah. and he was screaming, yes. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Why is the assistant coach <laughs> commentating the games you're and right. obviously yeah, cheering on right. Benny Hunt?" You're right. Um, I don't think there's anything sinister in this at all, mate. Shout out to Mally, yeah. Matty Ballin, ex teammate of mine from Manly. Yeah. Great. I think Good the gig. difference between the two guys is obviously Cameron Smith's going to go down and coach junior footy. From what I've, you know, heard or or, or seen from Cam Smith post footy, it doesn't look like he's got a great desire to be a head coach or be involved in. Coaching, I yep. think it was purely you get the opportunity to get the goat involved in your camp. Billy Slater's going to take advantage yeah. of it, and if he, yeah. you get a guy like uh, Matty Ballin, who's in, entrenched not only at the Broncos but he's also been doing coaching in the Queensland Cup as well, he's probably going to be a little bit more detailed and probably have more of an opinion. Whereas Cam Smith, it's just about having him and his presence and his aura in the locker room, and I dare say he'll probably still be there on game day, which is probably not as much. Uh, when it comes to the the camps in particular, 
Uh, in other news, North Queensland announced new captains. So they're replacing Jason Tamalolo and Chad Townsend uh, with Tom Dearden and Ruben Cotter. Obviously a nod to the future for the Cowboys, but what does this mean for Chad Townsend and... Jason Tamalolo. Yeah, it's probably the beginning of the end for them at the Cowboys, if you're reading between the lines here. And I think even uh, Todd Payton made some comments and and talked about it throughout the week, basically saying, uh, you know, sort of summarising it, that those two guys are probably in their last 12 to 24 months of their contracts, which is interesting because Jason Tomlin still has four years left on his contract. So you would like to think that those conversations have been – made internally too mm. before he comes out and says something like that. And I, and I dare say before he would have announced or, or had a conversation with Tommy Dearden and Ruben Cotter, the first two people we would have gone to would, would have been Chad and Jace. He's a pretty straight shooter. I, li- I like that about yeah. Todd Payton. I'm a big Todd Payton guy. Big Todd Payton um, guy. And, and the reason is, is he, he's pretty, pretty honest. He's pretty like from, he from the outside, from the outside looking in, I'm not as familiar with some of the players in the Cowboys, but it always seems when he has his press conferences or, um, you know, post-match, you know, breakdowns, he sort of says how he feels. And, and I like that as a, as a fan, a fan of the game. And, as a and, player, you'd know where you stood. Yeah, and you'd, li- and you'd like to think, like I said, he's having those conversations first with the players, so they're not caught off guard. The last thing you want to do as a player is hear those comments and it's not been said internally to you. Uh, because I, there have also been coaches that have been like that in the past mm. that, that speak through the media, and that's super frustrating. So he seems like the sort of guy that would have had a conversation with Chad. Chad's got one more year left, been a great servant, sort of turned that club around. Uh, Jace has been arguably the most important player in franchise in their short franchise history outside of the other JT. Yep. Uh, so um, both equally important players, but they've got some really good young talent up there. I love Tommy Dearden. I love Ruben Cotter. They're the future of the club. And if you get an opportunity to blood them for a season while you've still got leaders like Chad and Jace at the club, then I think it's a great decision and a great decision for the future of the Cowboys. Uh, all right. In other news, these two stories linked together. So the Dragons have signed Raymond Fatala Mariner for the Bulldogs. He signs for 2024 and 2025. Seems like a pretty astute signing for them. However, that means that he leaves the Bulldogs who now have had a complete roster overhaul since 2021. Not one player remaining from that top 30 squad from 2021. So within a two, three-year period, they've cleaned out their entire roster. Now, I was reading throughout the week, that is the biggest overhaul of a roster ever in NRL history. I was about to ask. That was going to be my next question. That is the quickest clean-out. Mm. For sure. What would be next close? Did they mention the team that had sort of turned a team over quicker? No, because that's a lot of players since, in two or three years. Since NRL era, which, what's that, 98? 98. Uh, they've never seen a roster overhaul, complete top 30 squad moved on. I don't think you would even period. get within five years, really. Just thinking off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of some of the teams like, you know, I was part of a, a massive roster clean out even at Parramatta. Yep. Um, famously, the Ricky Stewart whiteboard, whiteboard yeah. situation after I'd already left where he cleaned 12 players out and then left the Canberra <laughs> the following year. But then, you know, Brad was a part of a rebuild there. Brad Arthur who's still the coach there now. I, uh, yeah. It's um, just on the right. Raymond for Telemariner. Um, sort of happy for him to get a fresh start. Yeah. There's a lot of rumors going needed. around yeah. with, you know, sort of what happened and for whatever reason, his name kept getting tossed up with players that were um, a little bit, 
on the outer. A bit, little bit on the outer or was sort of weren't happy with the scheduling in particular. And like I said, you know, there was five to six guys that were apparently not happy with the scheduling, mm. but his name for kept on coming up. So needed a fresh start. Flano's trying to rebuild down there. Yep. Uh, probably looking for a little bit of experience in the in the at, middle. At and, his best, the good player. There's struggled a little bit with injury and then there's obviously some rumblings around, you know, his his place at the Bulldogs. Uh Phil Gould is a savage. Mm. Thirty players. Um plenty of those still under contract. Like somehow he manages to get TPJ out the door mid contract on seven fifty a year, <laughs> paying out none of his contract and now potentially linking up <laughs> with another club. And I thought it was very interesting in the Bulldogs and particularly Phil Gould kept coming out and saying, we don't mind if TPJ goes through. We're like, we hold no um, animosity towards him. I was like, of course not. You cleared off 750 off the cap for a guy that said he doesn't like rugby league and being told what to do by halfbacks. That yeah. was a he's, masterstroke. He's done a great job. Um, of You know, you've got to have those conversations. Again, you don't want to find, you don't want to find out about being moved on through the media you want to find out through your managers and doing it the right way. I think he lucked into that TPJ one. I, I, there's, from from my understanding, is that it caught everyone off guard. Really, at the bulldog. It really did, and he was just ready for this new chapter. And it just happened to be boxing. And he, the, the beauty of it, he, I think he can. He's been, he's been able to make some really good money in boxing, and it suited both parties. Like they, you know, they they had cap restraints and they just signed a whole heap of players. And when that falls into your lap, that might be more a bit of luck for, for Uncle Gus than, <laughs> than some of the other guys who might have got the, hey, mate, you can go have a look at the Dragons or you know, go have a look at what, what Manly are doing if so you want. The, the rumblings will start around Gus, right? And they did last year. You know, he hasn't been successful. He hasn't been able to do what he said he would at the Bulldogs. It's taking longer than he thought he would. Just in terms of Gus doing a job there, right? So that 2021 season, the Bulldogs got the wooden spoon. It's the, their worst finish in a long time. I think they might've won three or four games in the entire season. And there was, that, that was the first season as Bulldogs fans, we started saying they're not having a crack. Yep. Baz's last season. Poor attitude, terrible play. I mean, the, the, their attacking stats were some of the worst in history of the NRL. Not that they've gotten a lot better since, but, <laughs> but that was, that was a shocking side, right? Results wise. Yep. So Gus has come in and, Regardless of what the results are now, he's looked at that side and said, this is not up to Bulldog standard. And he has overturned a full 30-man roster. So love him or hate him, he's doing a job there. Has it been successful yet? No. But is he working behind the scenes to turn this around? Absolutely. You can't argue that. And you can't argue that the players that they have on their 30-man roster now are stronger than the 30-man roster that they had in 2021. Yeah, but with that now comes accountability, right? Yeah, for, for to, Gus. the results and res- have to follow. And this is there's no excuses now. So this is his squad. Yep. He's completely cleaned out anyone that wasn't there that he hasn't at least had uh, handpicked or, or, or had conversations with to bring to the club. So now it's – this is Gus's team and Cam Serraldo's second year. It's a big year for the Bulldogs. It's a big year for Big year Bulldogs. for Gus, big, big year for Serraldo. But you're starting to see the club as a whole lift its standards. So the – the younger grades, I think they won the Jersey flag or Harold Mats or something, a couple of those, whatever they were. Not that that necessarily directly impacts first grade straight away, but this is the Gus way, isn't it? Yep, for he sure. builds the juniors. They're going to start getting young talent coming through. 
In the meantime, he brings in effort players to replace those players from the 2021 roster. It sort of loops nicely back to the start, what you were talking about with the New Zealand Rugby League. COVID, one of COVID's greatest shames is Gus Gould was actually over at the Warriors and mm. his job was going to be pathways. Could you imagine if Gus Gould had sort of stayed over there five years later, we'd be seeing the fruits. Admittedly, the Warriors are going well, but I mean, yeah, it he's, a been proven, nice he's a proven... I guess the Penrith, it's debatable whether or not all the Penrith stuff was down to him, but he was pretty close he to it. He did a bloody did good a pr- job. Yeah, he was definitely a strong part of it. And I know there's some really good people that are still involved with the Panthers uh, that were a part of it as well, specifically a guy called Matt Cameron who's yeah was a part of the rebuild there. Um, but, yeah, this is this is a big year for Gus and the Bulldogs and Cam- and Cameron Sorrell. I think everyone gave Cam Sorrell a pass last year, which is – Understandable. I always like to give coaches at least, at least twenty four months. Like yep. you want to, as a Bulldogs fan, and I think a lot of Bulldogs fans, and let us know on the text line or call in. You don't necessarily have to make the eight. I think with this roster, but you definitely want to see some improvement. You want to be knocking on the door, or be competitive at the back end of the season. Would that yep. be fair? Can yeah, you say, missile? Absolutely. I, th- I still think so you're missing many... key pieces. We are. We've had so many seasons in a row now where it gets to, say, round 12 and the season's done. Can't Mm. make the eight, sitting at the bottom of the table, and then we win a couple of games on the run home and people you know, are left with a warm, fuzzy feeling. But as far as the season goes, it's a non-competitive season for us because we know we can't make the eight. That's just a really disappointing season and a hard season to follow as a fan. As long as we're in and around pushing for the eight, when it comes down four rounds to go, they're looking at the Bulldogs. Needs even if we need to win four of the last four to make the semis, we're there, mm. right? It's it's still engaging, it's still exciting, and as a Bulldogs fan, you're still zoned in and and loving the rugby league. But if if there's another season where come midway point of this the the season we're out of contention, it's it's a failure and it's another disaster for the Bulldogs because they have spent big money on recruitment. They've spent, they've spent money on clearing out this roster because at one point they were paying money to James Graham, money to Josh. We were paying for clubs, players to beat other clubs. I'm not sure where that, where that sits coming into the 2024 season, but big money's been spent on players coming in and big money's been spent on players going out. So now is the time that the results need to follow. Yeah, and I think which adds pressure to it. You mentioned the Warriors just before, Gibbo, about Gus being involved with them. A guy called Andrew Webster goes yeah. over in the same year and has results with a team that was probably uh, favoured to finish below the Bulldogs yeah. at the start of the year and did a great job at the Warriors. So a lot of our New Zealand fans will be stoked that, you know, they've got Andrew Webster at the helm. He's just extended. Yep. And then it, I, it's just another little factor that adds a little bit more pressure to both Gus and Cameron Serrato this year. Heaps of response on the Wayne Bennett Kiwi coaching um, chat, particularly from our friends over in New Zealand. Uh, remember, call or text us 0457 736 736. New Zealand listeners, double eight, double three.